This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Genesis chapter 39, ending Jesus, ending Joseph's time in Potiphar's. It is going to end tragically bad. But oftentimes our present circumstances, the situation we see ourselves in, we feel like is just tragically terrible. There is no hope. Everything is is going to be destroyed. We run screaming around like Chicken Little, yelling, the sky's falling, the sky's falling. And, and then what we don't realize is God is just adjusting our circumstances so that he can move us on. <clears throat> to the next big and better thing. And if you'll think about your life, how many times have you been miserable, have been in circumstances that you were just belly aching all you could about them and uh, crying and moaning and bemoaning the situation that you were in. And uh, the truth is God was adjusting your circumstances so that he could promote you and move you forward in the right direction And he had to put you in the place where that promotion or that direction would be found and would be sought after. That happens all the time in life. And if it doesn't happen for you in life, that's because you've not really sat down and thought about it. Because I guarantee you, God has constantly and regularly been a part of adjusting your circumstances or causing there to be a situation that seems in the moment to be life ending, but the truth is it ultimately leads to God's plan being clearly unveiled to you, being very clearly unveiled to you. And that's what really is happening with his wife. God is adjusting his circumstances with Joseph, and he's adjusting those circumstances because the truth is God knows that Joseph would going to be faithful to him. God knew God had that foreknowledge that Joseph was going to do the right thing. And we're going to see that even in his worsening circumstances, no worse than it was with his brothers, but his worsening circumstances, even in those circumstances, Joseph is a man of character. He continues to be who he should be throughout each and every story and throughout each and every situation. Verse 16 says, so she kept his garment with her until the master came home. Notice she's the one grabbed him. She's the one invited him into bed. And when he ran, she held on to his uh, garment and she's going to hold on to it as a method of that, that he had done something wrong. Then she spoke to him with words like these saying, the Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came into me to mock me. I like that Moses wrote that that way. She It says she spoke to him with words like these. The truth is that Moses wasn't there And the truth is that these stories are handed down, and this gives us somewhat of an indication that these were planned words. These were not words that were truth 
the, he, it is very mocking when you are giving testimony. The testimony needs to be very accurate, be, be very specific, be something that says exactly what you want it to say and answers questions exactly the way they're asked so that the information will flow perfectly. But in this situation, it's quite clear that because he had rejected her, she was a woman scorned, and she was just going to say whatever it took to, to lash back out at Joseph because he would not do what she had been begging him to do for a long period of time. And so it says the Hebrew servant, she spoke to her husband with words like, like these, saying, this Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came to me to mock me. Notice, Whose fault is it? It's not her fault that that the situation had developed, and it's not even her fault that that Joseph was. It was his fault, her husband's fault. It's Joseph's fault, and now it's her husband's fault. And a person that is dealing with situations where they are trying to get their way, they will never ever admit that anything is their fault. And so is happening here. And as it as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. And so he says he lifted his garment and fled outside. That doesn't seem like something somebody would do if they were trying to force themselves on someone. Why would he flee without his garment? The story has a little bit of a problem with it. And oftentimes when we're in court, those problems, when they're being examined by the judge, by the jury, by the attorneys, those stories open eyes. And oftentimes you can sell rotten tomatoes to those who don't know to what tomatoes are, but you can't sell rotten tomatoes to tomato farmers. And uh, oftentimes people think that they can sell lies to, to judges and to those who are dealing with things on a regular basis such as these. And the truth is that when you've seen it enough, you know you can kind of smell out a lie or a problem. And this is a lie. It is, it is it's a misrepresentation of what happened. And she's selling it because her feelings are hurt because she did not get what she wanted. Very childish. Very. If you're dealing with humanity, that's what's going to happen. And oftentimes people are going to do things that they just really shouldn't do. They're going to act in such a way that they really shouldn't act. And they're going to be who they really shouldn't be. And, and your answer to that is to not deal with people or not be involved in the world, your answer to that is to realize that and press on because God's in control. He's sovereign over all things. And so, so in verse 19, it says, so it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him saying, your servant did to me after this manner that his anger was aroused. People are going to get angry. And oftentimes I find that people get angry about things that are not true. And uh, they concoct or build straw men or stories in their mind that aren't actually the way things happened. And, uh, and oftentimes, they build those things up so much in their head that when the truth comes out, they can't re they, it's hard for them to imagine that what they thought was not true and what the reality is true. And so in verse 20, then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison. And this is a this is one of those verses that kind of takes us all the way back to the first of the chapter and lets us know that when it says that he was the commander of the guard, that was probably the most impressive thing that he was. But Potiphar was likely over a lot of things because that's what that title means. And he likely was over the prison also. And he was in charge of the prison. And remember, like I said, the prisons 
of that time were not these giant institutions where we put people in for very short to very long periods of time. These prisons existed for the purpose of holding people until they were either adjudicated guilty or not guilty. And if they were if they were adjudicated guilty, the, the likely punishment was not going to be further imprisonment. The likely punishment was going to be, well, death. And if they were found not guilty, they would be restored back to their original position. And that's how these prisons worked. And that's going to be an important understanding as we move into next week and as we move into the story of the dreams of Joseph's co-prisoners. He's going to he's gonna have some dreams told to him, and he's going to interpret those dreams. And because of who Joseph is, God's moving his life. God is giving him wisdom, giving him understanding, giving him the ability to see things and to know things and to do things the right way. And he is doing those things the right way. And and so he's going to be placed into this prison. What a terrible circumstance he's in. But not a terrible circumstance. Because God's going to use this to make him not head of Potiphar's household, but he's going to use it to make him head of Egypt. He's going to be placed over all things under Pharaoh. And so the only person that's going to be over him or more powerful than him is going to be Pharaoh himself. And he's going to have to go through this phase of his life to get to the next phase, which is the very best. And how many times in our lives do we go through this phase to get to the very, very best and can't really in our own hearts or minds imagine that this phase is anything good or anything worth having? But the truth is, this phase is the best phase because it's the steps before God does his big stuff with us in our lives. And so it says, and he was there in the prison. I love that. There he is. There you are. That's one of those things we say in the South. Wherever you're at, there you are. And there old Joseph is. His brother sold him into slavery into Egypt. He got sold to a very powerful person. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. He was raised up to an important position in that person's household. And then all of a sudden, something that he had no control over caused him to be in prison. And there he is. And it says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And that's always the case. Always the case, no matter what your circumstances are. The Lord's with you. And if you have a relationship with him, if you're born again, if you've heard him speak to your heart, if you've heard him draw you close, if you've heard give you directions, if you've heard him guide you in a place, if that's what's going on with you, you've heard him, he's, you're his, and he's going to take care of you. And it says, he says, he says, but the Lord was with Joseph and he showed him mercy. Remember, mercy's us receiving what us not receiving what we do deserve. And the truth is, Joseph deserves death also, just like we all do. The wages of sin is death. And Joseph's a sinner, just like every one of us. And he's going to receive mercy. He's going to be, receive mercy from his own personal sin. He's going to receive mercy from the life that he's lived. And he's going to receive mercy in the midst of the situation that is not his fault. Mercy is going to flow down to him in every possible way, in every situation. And so he gave him favor. He gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Notice, Joseph is always getting the favor of God. He is always walking in the favor of God. Now, there's a reason for that. And the reason he's walking in God's favor is because he's walking by faith. There's no way to get around it. It's, it is the continual teaching of Scripture from the very first part of Genesis 
to the very end of the book of the Revelation, which we are dealing with in our Wednesday night Bible study, he is constantly us to trust him and to walk by faith. And so when he gave him, he gave him a favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna open up doors for you in the midst of nothingness. When it seems like you're in a desolate desert, there is a well there for you to drink from. And he's going to, he's going to make sure he provides it for you. And he found favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. He's getting favor and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand. All the prisoners were who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. Notice, Joseph gets put in charge of the prison. That's what, that is wild and amazing. No matter where he is, Joseph is a person that whoever's in charge of that circumstance, that situation, whoever's in charge of that circumstance or that situation puts him in charge. You know why? Because he's somebody that can be a trusted. He's somebody that can be, that can be counted on to do the right thing. His character comes out over and over and over again. And the truth is, the question you got to ask yourself as you're studying this, are you a person of the character that Joseph is? When you're around other people, do you do you create in them a belief that you're someone that they can count on, someone that t- they can trust, someone that they can place in charge of things of importance in their life, someone that they might can trust with private information, with things that are they're struggling with their deep hopes and dreams, with their personal problems and issues? Are you someone who who engenders in people a trust and uh, to make you understand who they are? Do they open up? And noticeably, most people who actually walk with God and trust God find people around them who who are drawn and attracted to them. And, uh, and, And that is evidence of your faithfulness to God, of your willingness to trust him. And Joseph... Joseph is being raised by his father, and his father places him in charge. He gets sold into slavery to Potiphar. Potiphar places him in charge. And then now he is placed in prison as a prisoner. And what does the prison guard do? The chief jailer there, he places Joseph in charge. And that is, that is important. And maybe the reason that sometimes you find yourself in a position where you're not being heard, where nobody really trusts you, is because, I hate to say this, it's because you're more worried about yourself than you're worried about God's purposes and God's work around you. And there's just one word for that. You're likely selfish. You are. And if that hurts your feelings, it was meant to. And and it was meant to not so that your feelings would be hurt, but it was meant to so that you would realize that, you know what, you may not think that you're selfish, but if everybody else does, you're likely, most people might say that, you are. And so maybe in a, a little self-evaluation will help. Joseph is always being promoted up. If you're never being promoted up, there needs to be some self-evaluation. God's mercies are same for you as they were for Joseph. God's plans and goodness is the same for you as it was for Joseph. And the truth is, if you're not experiencing those things ever in your life, if everything always seems to be going wrong, probably indulging yourself all the time and not indulging God's will and not indulging the best of others around you. And there's only one word for that, and that's selfishness. Don't be selfish. Maybe that's the point of the Bible study today. Don't be selfish. He says, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph. Why? 
because Joseph was somebody who could be trusted. The keeper of the prison says, I don't need to keep up with what Joseph's doing. You know why? Because he can be trusted. Potiphar didn't inquire into anything that Joseph was doing. He didn't even know anything about what was going on in his house except for what he ate. You know why? Because Joseph could be trusted. And uh, even Joseph's father understood that Joseph was a man that could be trusted. And in the midst of all of this, in the midst of all of this, it seems like everything keeps going wrong for Joseph, but he's not falling down. He's falling upward. Every time it seems like he's falling, he's not going down. He's going up and he's going to be going up here also because the Lord was with him. Notice the reason that he could trust a Joseph and the, and he didn't have to look into anything that Joseph was doing is because Joseph had the Lord and the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Boy, that's, a, that's an outstanding understanding of scripture. In fact, it's a powerful understanding of scripture. And it uh, it's a life-changing understanding of scripture. Does God prosper everything that you do? And if he does, evaluation is required in these matters. You need to sit down and look at yourself and see how your life's going and see where your life is headed and why it's not headed in the direction of God prospering you. And, and if it's not, God would have you allow him to make you a new creature, change you, change your heart, change your passions, and make you into someone who he can use to glorify himself. And I would say that that's what our, our need is this weekend as we head into the weekend, that we would always be someone who is being changed and made anew by the hand and the Spirit of God. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.